1938, actor Elliot Gould is born in Brooklyn, New York. U.S. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt receives an honorary degree from Queen's University in neighboring Canada. And Superman willingly puts the lives of many people at risk in the latest issue of Action Comics. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Reaction Comics. This is episode three, covering issue three of Action Comics, with the cover date of August 1938. It's great to be back, three weeks in a row, three episodes in a row, three issues in a row, and believe me, I've got lots of issues. <laughs> I have been um, chomping at the bit to get to get back into it and talk about it. And uh, I wanted to do like a bunch of these ahead of time. But um, so far, it seems like I'm doing them uh, once a week. And I, even though I am a little bit ahead of the game. Uh, so if you have emailed um, me and I don't read it, it's because I haven't gotten your email yet. You've emailed me in the future. Uh, and the reason I'm not reading any emails is because no one's emailed me yet. Uh, but that's okay. I see you're out there. I see you're listening. And I hope you stay with the show. I hope to uh, keep doing this. And I hope to um, have lots of fun rereading. Rereading. Because I've read it. But now we're going to go through it again. Uh, I read this a couple weeks ago. And this is Action Comics number three again. Uh, there's no Superman on the cover here, but the story that this cover is telling me, if you have a chance to read this um, digitally or if you are uh, rich enough to own a copy, it, it doesn't have Superman on the cover. It has what I could best describe as a man who looks like Ernest Borgnine. He, uh, he seems to be some sort of captain of a ship of some sort. There is a ship off in the distance sinking. So this picture is telling me a story and there's this dude who looks like a captain, but he almost dresses like he'd be the captain of the love boat, but he definitely has the face of Ernest Borgnine and he's holding a sword over his head. Like he's, and he's got this screaming look on his face ah, and he's about to chop someone or cut someone. And in the background, there is a palm tree. And I didn't notice this. <laughs> I don't think I really noticed this the first time. There are some, I guess you could say African tribesmen that I'm not quite sure isn't very racist. Um, and I don't know if they, this guy has sunk his ship and now he's come to try to conquer the island. I, I don't know. Um, but I love looking at these covers that aren't Superman related and trying to tell you uh, what I would think the story is. And again, this was, it uh, looks like the cover was drawn by Leo. M. Omelia, I can't really make out the middle initial, but Leo Omelia, and that is the cover of Action Comics number three. Let's get right into it. Superman! A creaking of timber, an ominous rumble, and then, with a terrific crash, the Blakely coal mine caves in. 
entrapping a lone miner within its terrible confines. So this panel, and a lot of the panels in the future seem to be just saying, hey, Superman's really cool. But this panel is kicking off the story right away. It uh, shows a guy in a powdery, smoky, not powdery, in a smoky plume of, um, of dust and debris as a mine of some sort, a coal mine, uh, the Blakely coal mine. So it's very important that uh, we know who owns the coal mine. And um, he looks like he's probably in some trouble. We cut over to the news desk, I'm guessing, at the Daily Star, and they get word over the telegraph of the shocking news. And Kent is like, please, Chief, let me go handle it. They're like, go to it, Kent. Uh, and then we see Superman just kind of running. It says, shortly later, a streaking figure speeds towards Blake Town. Blakely Town? Blakely Town. Okay, so Blakely Coal Mine, Blakely Town. Um, and yet the telegraph operator says Stanislaw Kober Miner trapped in. I don't know. I don't know what that means. Um, but it, it, they, they make sure to tell you that uh, he's going at a terrific pace, a terrific pace, that not even the fastest auto or airplane could duplicate. So he just runs to the mine. And what does he do? The first thing Superman does is get a mine worker, a miner, grabs his, like, clothes laying around. They don't really tell you, but all of a sudden Superman uh, disguises himself. Or I guess they say Kent. So, okay, Kent disguises himself as a miner, and he gets close to the ledge, and they're like, there's been no, uh, th we haven't heard back from them. We don't know what's going on down there. And there's a cop there. He's like, keep, keep away, keep away. And Superman pretends to be like, whoa. He goes, whoa, help, I'm falling. He accidentally, quote, unquote, falls into the mine. They're like, you fool, I told you to stay back. He plunges us down to the mine, uh, which would have been death for an ordinary man. But when he gets down there, the first thing he notices is gas, poisonous gas. So they say the gas doesn't, uh, doesn't affect Superman at all. So he's like, cool, I'll just keep walking. And he comes upon a dozen unconscious figures. Wait, I thought the miner, they said a lone miner. Oh, wait, it's the rescue party. And he's like, I better get, it, better get them out of here before the deadly gas does its work. So he grabs... I don't know if he does it twice, but they show him in a frame holding at least five guys. I don't know if there's a sixth guy. He has three guys under one arm and two guys under another arm. And he places them on this little lift and lifts them. He starts pulling the cord up and bringing them up to, um, to safety. And he's like, that's that. Now to get to the real work. And he finds the cave-in, finds where the guy is... Um, under a rock, literally under rocks. And he doesn't take, he doesn't spare a moment where he can like be cocky. And I'm thinking maybe, maybe he thinks the guy's awake under there and he'll be like, um, really impressed. Cause Superman says, this is going to be mere child's play. And he just starts picking up the rocks and, um, he starts throwing them out of the side, throwing them as if they were constructed of putty is what it says here. He's like, I'll have you free in a full mo in a few moments. Gets the guy free, drags him out. He's like, oh my goodness, he's in serious condition. Runs over to the to the lift and uh, 
it looks like the signal cord doesn't work. So instead, he just throws the guy over his shoulder and carries him up to safety. He pulls himself up through on the on the elevator cable, hand over hand. This is like, this is a different sort of problem. Like the Superman that we know would have flown down there and either grabbed all the guys at once and flown right back up. That's not who this is. He can't do it. Now, maybe, I don't know. I wonder how the story is going to be told. Is it he's going to increase his powers as he gets older or he realizes he has more powers or he just learns he's getting stronger? It'll be interesting to see that first time that Superman flies in the comics because wasn't it that he started flying in the radio serials? Was that who started it? Or was it the, the, the TV show? I don't know. I could... He might not fly for years. I have no idea. But I'll be excited to find out. So he gets the guy out of the mind. And one of the miners is like, holy mackerel, he's rising like a streak of lightning. And they're like, get the guy to the hospital. Oh, my gosh, it's Kober. Okay, so when they said Stanislav Kober, that is the, that's the actual miner. That's his name. Okay, so he gets the miner out, gets the miner to safety. He apparently gets out of his minor uh, outfit and gets back dressed up in his Dick uh, Tracy outfit. I don't know, the, the, the hat, it's the, the, the look of the time, very Don Drapery. And um, he calls back to the, uh, to the chief back at the paper and says uh, he was rescued by an unidentified minor, but he's going to be crippled for life. The next day, he goes to see the minor in the hospital and he's like, um, you know, can we talk? For a second, um, can you please tell me, could this tragedy have been prevented? And uh, Stanislaw Kober's like, sure. Months ago, we know mine is unsafe. But when we, why am I talking like Dracula? But when we tell boss foreman, they say, no, like job, Stanislaw quit. And Kent is like, you mean to say the owner disregarded the mine's dangerous conditions? And... He's like, yes, but we no quit. Got wife, kids, bills. So back in mine we go. And, and long hours and little pay and maybe to die. So this is very much geared towards the working class. Superman is not fighting supervillains. He's not saving the world. He is fighting the fight of the common man, which... He's, and he's using his super strength and his abilities, which right now is super strength, um, to help the little man, including Stanislaw Kober, maimed minor. He actually, one hour later, he gets in the presence of Thornton Blakely, which is, to me, Thornton as a first name is very... Um, it's it's very ritzy, and I, I think the name Thornton was chosen on purpose to make this guy seem a, like a douche. Uh, excuse my language, but I think of uh, Thornton. Isn't isn't Thornton one of the brothers in, in Trading Places? And of course Thornton Mellon, which was Ronnie Dangerfield's character in Back to School. You're tall and fat. Well, you're short and ugly. Give me my pen back. You have to see that movie to understand that. Um, but he goes right to this, this, uh, miner owner, miner owner or mine owner. He doesn't own the miners. 
Uh, and he's like, have you arranged a pension for the unfortunate miner who was crippled by the cave-in? And this, this, this jerk is like, certainly not. He can thank his own carelessness for his plight. So he's blaming the working man. So I, I understand that these are, you know, as far as I can, I know that, you know, uh, Schuster and Siegel were, were working class individuals and they're obviously looking out for the working man. So this is, you know, what it's showing me is, look, Superman, it can be there for this guy. He can be there for you. That's what I see so far. And he's, he's, he, um, let's put it this way. He's not happy with the owner of the mine. Because guess what? This guy is a real jerk. He says, you know, the company will be generous enough to pay a reasonable portion of his hospital bills, and we might even consider offering him a $50 retirement bonus. Now, I don't know how much $50 is worth in 1938. Um, I'm sure it's a good chunk of change, but it's not something you can live on, okay? And um, Superman's like, yeah, but you, or I should say Clark Kent, is like, yes, but you are going to repair the mine, right? Like, surely you're going to do that. And the guy says, he's like, look, there are no safety hazards in my mine. But even if there were, what of it? I'm a businessman, not a humanitarian. Like, whoa, he's telling Kent right then and there, like, this guy should write in the paper and quote him saying that. And that should take him down alone. But uh, that's not Clark Kent's style. So the the miner, the mine owner's like, look, this is it. We're done here. Get out of here. Okay. So what does Superman do? Later that night, he gets dressed back up as an, a miner. I'm not sure exactly why he needed to do that. And um, he jumps over the wall at the Blakely estate. He goes, he goes to this guy's house. He's like, oh, you're not gonna, you're not gonna help this guy then I'm going to dress up as Superman and break into your house. Uh, as, as it says in this panel here, uh, he drops out of the skies like some occult avenging demon. I've never heard Superman referred to as a demon before, but um, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. He's outside the house and he hears laughter, music, and revelry. And he's like, oh, my goodness. Like, he sees that uh, there's a giant party going on. And Superman's like, I have half the notion to crash this party to bits. So he's not going to crash the party. He is going to go in and physically assault these people, um, these rich party goers. Uh, that is, you know, okay, maybe the owner of the mine isn't a, isn't a nice guy. But what do these other people at the party do? Now, um, while he's peering in the window, security finds him. They call him a prowler, and uh, they attack him. They grab him. Don't move. We got him. And Superman actually deliberately permitted himself to be captured here. And they're like, what are you doing here? He won't answer. Let's take him to the boss. Dudes, you're doing exactly, exactly what he wanted you to do. So they bring the disguised Superman into the house and that uh, Blakely guy doesn't recognize him. Apparently, all it takes is the glasses. And he talked to this reporter like two hours ago. Blakely's like, what is the meaning of this interruption? 
And one of the security guards says, and I'm just going to read this. We caught this bohunk, probably a sneak thief, window peeping. Shall we take him in the station and rough him up? So maybe they're cops just working the detail. The guy's like, all I ask is a few minutes alone with his window peeper in the back room at headquarters, and you'll have a full confession, Mr. Blakely. So I don't understand bohunk. Like, wasn't bohunk something out of 16 candles? Like, wasn't that what they called um, uh, the, the main kid there, the main actor? I don't, I don't remember the character's name. Um, I thought bohunk was like a term that you would use for a good-looking fella. But this cop is calling this uh, disguised uh, mine worker a, a bohunk. So that is it's a different time, different time. I, I'm not sure exactly what to think. And Blake was like, what do you have to say for yourself? And Superman goes, beautiful ladies, much music, rich partying. I read of these things. Tonight, I wanted to see them with my own eyes. So he's trying to tell this guy, look, I, I just, I'm just here to try to, um, to, to get in and, and see the party. I'm just a regular guy trying to see the party. And um, Blakely's like, I see, huh? He's just a sap. Let's give him a beating he'll never forget, guards. Then we'll turn him loose. So he didn't fire him. He thinks he works for his mind, but he just wants the guards to beat the crap out of him. And uh, come on, you outside. And then for some reason, for some reason, Blakely in right away says, take him outside. Now he says, you know what? Wait, I've changed my mind. Let's let him stay. Now he's going to really be a jerk and I guess try to show that he's better. And these people here are better than this lowly worker. And maybe this is how the working class saw rich people back then. They don't care about people. All they care about is themselves. They think they're better than you because he says, gather around folks. Here's where the party starts to liven up. And the, the, the people are like, oh, now for some fun, Blakely's got one of his comical inspirations. And, uh, and then this other woman says, Elsa Maxwell has nothing on Blakely when it comes to throwing a novel party. So they show these rich people being like, oh, wow, this, this party is going to be really exciting. Uh, you know, what, whatever's going to happen next, Blinkley is wonderful at doing it. And he, he says, uh, to the right, folks, you have seen a social climbing miner who narrowly missed having his block knocked off because he attempted to see how the other half lives. He's, now he's doing like a spectacle. He's putting this guy on display, thinking that he's some lowly, Nobody. He's like, look at this lowly, you know, piece of garbage. Everybody, look at him. He likes to. He all he wanted to do was see how we live our lives. And Superman's thinking. He says, I wonder what he's leading up to. And so he says, on the left, my dull-witted friend, you see a mob of pampered nincompoops, whose sole activity in life is searching for new ways to escape boredom. So. He's telling the folks about this, uh, this like, you know, this nobody. And then he tells what he called his dumb-witted friend, this mob of pampered nincompoops. So he's insulting his own people, uh, searching for new ways to escape boredom. I was expecting like this to be some kind of weird murder cult. Um, but he's like, they, the rich people are like, wait, is he referring to us? 
And one of the guys is like, Blakely's gone too far now. And he goes, wait, wait, folks, let's say we compromise. So he's insulting everybody. I think he's just so rich that he just likes toying with people no matter what side of the road they're on. He's like, why don't we finish our, our party in the mine? Our old miner pal hill will guide us and feast his eyes on us. And as for us, we'll make merry on the bowels of the earth. So all these rich people are going to go to the mine. And they're going to have Superman, who is dressed up as a miner, guide them there. And they will make merry in the bowels of the earth. This doesn't make any sense to me. It's like, this is how we're going to get all these people into the mine. Let's have it so this rich fat cat kind of insults them, but then he's like, wait, wait, wait. I know how we'll finish the party. And he's like, we can go to our mine. And what do these, what do these dopes think? They, they're going to hooray. This man's a genius. And onto the mine. So they're all holding up their martini glasses like, let's do this. Let's, let's, you know, live it up a little. So Superman grabs a lantern and leads all this crowd, this crowd of people. And they're singing and they're shouting and they're, they're all in their evening clothes and they march right towards the mine. Now, I don't know how close this guy lives to the mine, but close enough that all these party goers go down there. And, uh, so the merrymakers crowd onto the, onto the shaft platform with shrill laughter. It's almost like, I can't believe we're doing this. We're living in a, we're, we're, we're going to do what working class people do. This is, this is crazy. And they, they go all the way to the bottom, you know, on the little elevator lift there. They must have fixed it. And um, one guy's like, I brought some sandwiches. And another guy goes to heck with the sandwiches. I don't think you could say hell in comic books. Who brought a flask? They want to drink and eat. And they're like, isn't this thrilling? And um, they're like, you better hold on tight to the rail, though. On second thought, why not hold on to me? Um, So he's, I don't know if this is the same guy, the the owner there. um, But he's trying to pick up on some chick, some lady. And she's like, you're fresh. Oh, no, it wasn't him. It was just some rich party goer. And... um, then the owner's like, all right, everybody out. I promise you a new thrill. What do you think? And I don't know what, why they would do this, but they're like, this is a horrible looking place. And they just kind of, uh, you know, start looking around. And they said, while the others walk further in the mine, someone's like, don't tell me people actually work down here. George, I don't like this filthy mine. We shouldn't have come. Now they, they wanted to go to the mine. They thought it was a brilliant idea. They get down there. The moment they get down there, they start complaining. And Superman says, now to put a hastily conceived plan into action. That is the line of the issue. Now to put a hastily conceived plan into action. There was no plan. Like, did Superman really plan on this dude telling everybody at the party, let's go into the mine shaft. No, he was going to go into the party and murder all of them or maybe beat them up and make them feel bad. But instead, happenstance leads them down into the mine where he admits that this is a hastily conceived plan. And you know what? He's right. Because what does he do? 
he takes one of the wooden support beams and smashes it. And he goes, there, that ought to do the trick. He caused a cave-in. And he rejoins the party, and they're like, where the hell, where did you go? Where did you disappear? And Superman's like, I've been here the whole time. But then a moment later, the 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 now the, ca- the cave-in happens because he broke a support beam and smash. Now the cave-in happens. Everyone is trapped. And they realize that they're um, they're all panicking and freaking out and running around. Like, it's a cave-in. We're buried alive. And a woman faints. And uh, then the guy grabs Superman. He's like, help me. Help me. I'm suffocating. So right away, this guy starts, um, like, pleading and, and, and praying for Superman um, to, to save him because... Or, or as far as he's concerned, it's just a minor because he's already thinking he's suffocating. And Superman's like, "No, no, no, you can, you can't, you can't be okay. You'll, you'll at least have another twenty-four hours worth of air." And he's like, "Another twenty-four hours?" And Superman said, "Yes." Oh, he goes, "All right, then I've got nothing to worry about. We'll be freed by a rescue squad in no time." And Superman says, "Maybe rescued in five minutes, maybe never." So. What is Superman up to with this? That seemed very threatening. And um, then all of a sudden, uh, one of the other guys is like, this was your clever idea. And he goes to attack uh, the, the owner. They start grabbing him. and Oh, no, they pull this guy back. But then they, they, they almost start turning on the rich guy because maybe it wasn't a good idea to go into the, uh, into the mine. But he's like, wait, wait, please don't hurt me. Please don't hurt me. He goes, wait. The safety devices. Why didn't I think of that sooner? We're as good as saved right now. They're like, oh, that's great. Thank goodness. I thought we were doomed. Thank goodness for the safety devices. He's like, see, you smash this cover. You jerk down this signal. And wait. And they're like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I flew off the handle. He's like, that's all right. Don't worry about it. We're going to be safe here. He goes, wait, wait. It doesn't work. And Superman says, like other safety devices in the mine, rusty and no good. So now, now they're freaking out. And they, this guy jumps him and he starts to choke him. Like, please, somebody stop him. And they're like, um, there's no time to be fighting. So they're fighting amongst themselves. They're like, our lives are at stake. And the, the mine owner is like, yeah, our lives are at stake. So here, here are some picks and some shovels abandoned by the workers. You take this pick and get to work. He goes right to Superman. And he's like, look, um, here's a pig, here's an axe, get to work, dig us out. Now, in one respect, you could say, I'm your boss, this is your job, do your job, I'll pay you overtime. He doesn't say that, he just demands for him to uh, dig them out. And Superman's like, I'm content to die. If you want to live, you dig. So Superman's like, you know what, I'm ready to die, that's fine, I don't mind. You want to dig, you get out. He's like, if I ever get out of here, my first act will be to fire you. And Superman just says, if we get out. So he's taunting this guy. And uh, Superman really is just now deciding, look, I'll cause a cave-in. Hopefully no one will get crushed and die. And this will really teach this guy a lesson. So now they're knee-deep in water and... uh, they, they're realizing that they have to race against the clock of 24 hours of air because, I don't know, Superman said there were 24 hours left of air, so I guess there must be 24 hours left of air. And 
they're they're working and picking at this and one of the uh, guys is like or the owner's like i can't keep up this is ridiculous and one of the guys is like think of the miners they have to do this 14 hours every single day now the other end there is a rescue team time to smash through trying to smash through and it's like there's no use we're never gonna gonna get out of here we're gonna die and um the owner says, oh, if I only had this all to do over again, I never knew. I never really knew what the men down here have to face. And Superman's like, that's all I've been waiting to hear. So it seems like at this point he'd go into action. But no, he waits. He waits. Eventually, all the prisoners down there, all the people that are, that are, in, that are you know, captivated or captive, um, they collapse and they pass out. Uh, so he's like, okay, everyone's asleep, everyone's unconscious, now I'll get to work. So while they're all passed out asleep or possibly dead at this point, Superman's like, I'll now dig everybody out. He digs them out, uh, gets them saved. He's like, we're saved, we're saved. Boy, are we glad to see you. And uh, they're like, come on, get out of here. There's going to be another cave-in soon. But then several days later, so I guess they all get out and no harm, no foul. Several days later, K- Kent goes back to Blakely and he's like you can announce that henceforth my mind will be the safest in the country and my work is the best treated my experience in the mind brought their problems close to my understanding and Kent's like congratulations on your new policy may it be a permanent one and then he thinks but doesn't say if it isn't you can expect another visit from Superman the end and then there's a frame, there's a, there's a panel at the end that says, Hey, fellas, have you sent in your application blank for a, a membership in the Supermen of America? If not, turn back to the center spread of this book, fill it out, and mail immediately so you can become one of the Chatter members. So three issues in, they're already starting a fan club called the Supermen of America, and um, they're saying, Hey, fellas, not fellas, like F-E-L-L-A, fellas. And ooh, I just hit my hand. And there's a picture of a goofy-looking fellow. Looks kind of like uh, Howdy Doody. But um, yeah, that's the end. That's the end of Action Comics number three. And folks, you know, I'm gonna close my book here. Just talk freely about this. Um, that was an interesting issue because it was Superman. Just kind of, again, putting the, the, these lives in danger, uh, causing a cave-in on purpose. And luckily, it worked out. Like, he must have done the cave-in far enough away back at, by the, 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 um, the lift to get out. Because if anything went wrong, those people could have been crushed to death and Superman would have had more lives on his hands. But... He, it's very simplistic when you think about it. He, you know, gets this guy to see the the, the error of his ways, and now this guy is going to treat uh, his workers better, which again seems um, very small potatoes when you think of the things that the Superman we know of now. But again, this is third issue of this brand new character that um, doesn't have. A lot of character yet we just know he has a job as a reporter and he saves people and he loves wisecracking 
He's a wisecracker and he's cocky and he pretty much says what he thinks. You know, he's like, I might as well just let you die down here. Uh, we don't get a ton of Superman in this as far as, you know, the, uh, the, the, the tights and the cape. Um, we, we get him running to the mine and I think that's it. Every other time we see him, he's either um, Clark Kent or he's one of the miners, the mine workers. But um, that was that was a fun read, only because it's it was I would say only because, but for me because it just showed the lengths that Superman will go uh, to prove a point to get his message out there to save the day, quote unquote, change the story, whatever it needs to be. Um, and he doesn't quite, you know, I, and he said hastily conceived plan. I couldn't have said it better myself because this, you know, the saving of the day is because he caused it and he did it just because this miner, he went, you know, he, this miner was mistreated. This mine owner was a jerk to him. And so he literally just went to his house, I guess, to rough him up, maybe to scare him that way, uh, which, you know, only led to um, the cops trying to calling him a bohunk and trying to bring him back to uh, the station to, to beat the crap out of him. But alas, they allowed him to lead them down to the mine because, again, I'm thinking this is how Schuster and Siegel saw the, the or at least how maybe their peers and people they know saw this upper crust class of people, no morals, um, very thoughtless, very, very much, very selfish, um, and just they don't care as long as they have joy uh, brought onto themselves with the fact that they have all this money. I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's it, my friends. I think we did it again. Action Comics number three. Uh, looking forward to doing it, doing this again next week. So I hope, hope you join me. I hope you stay with me. I hope you stay subscribed. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can reach out to me at the show. The email address is reactioncomics at fansnotexperts.com. If you'd like to shoot an email, if you're reading along or if you have, um, if you've read these in the past and, um, you can find me on Twitter. My Twitter account and my Instagram is Geek Mentality. Uh, I don't really do Instagram uh, all that much, but the Twitter account I'm pretty active on, and you can reach me anytime. And uh, the website is fansnotexperts.com slash reactioncomics. Every episode will be posted there. And, of course, we're available everywhere podcasts are available. You know, the big ones, Apple, Spotify. We're now on TuneIn. We're on Stitcher. We're in Google Podcasts. Um, I think we're in the JCPenney catalog, but I haven't checked yet. So I'm pretty excited about that. And again, um, yeah, that's it. I'm done. And uh, until next week, everybody, stay super. Fans not experts.